This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid continues to skate. When will he play? First off, the doctors are making the final decision. Uh, secondly, um, we're going to err on the side of caution. Um, but obviously, if the doctors sign off and Connor wants to play, um, then we'll, we'll, we'll play preseason. Is there a chance he could play next week? There's a chance. I think we, we'll, it, we need to uh, run off another four, five, six days, and then uh, we'll see. So I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I think we're pretty optimistic for opening night. Um, does he play a preseason game? We'll know here. We'll get to Kelowna. We'll practice, and then we'll make the determination. I know he's going to see, talk to some doctors. We've got to do some things, get some pictures, and then ultimately it's the doctor's final say. That is general manager Ken Hall and chance he plays next week. He will not play tomorrow. The Oilers are home to Vancouver. He will not play Friday. The Oilers are home to Calgary. They go to Kelowna for uh, the weekend off day there and Saturday. will practice there Sunday and Monday. Back home to play on Tuesday, then away games next Thursday and next Saturday. The season opener October 2nd against the Vancouver Canucks. And you heard Ken Holland say, pretty optimistic that he plays on opening day and uh, maybe gets into a preseason game or two. So that's where we are at with Connor McDavid. The Oilers coming off a preseason loss last night in Vancouver. Didn't play that bad. Uh, had the advantage in territory, had the advantage in shots, couldn't finish on some good chances. Ryan McLeod hitting the post with an empty netter would have made it 3-1 Oilers. Patrick Russell had a good game. He got on the board. Thomas Yurko, pretty good energetic game from him. He scored as well. So now the Oilers play the Canucks again tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chad. The game will start at 7. Now on Friday, you could see a guy now in town on a professional tryout deal. He did skate in the second of uh, two practice sessions for the Oilers today. His name is Anton Bertasoff. 28 years old, 10 seasons in the KHL, close to 400 regular season games, almost another 100 in the playoffs. He did help them uh, win the championship in 2015. About 6'2", 6'3", 225, big guy, had 31 points last year, 114 penalty minutes and plus 15 with UFA. He played in the KHL All-Star game, and Ken Holland tells you about Bertasoff. 28 years of age. He's uh, played in the uh, KHL for a lot of years. Um, his agent over here, Rich Winner, 
has been talking to me over the course of uh, the summer uh, about Bertasov. I have not personally uh, seen him. I had people when I was in Detroit that had had, had seen him. Uh, his dream is to play in the National Hockey League. I, I was not prepared to offer him a contract, and he ultimately made a decision that uh, he wanted to come over here on a tryout. It took us a while to get him uh, um, the proper paperwork, so he's here. Obviously, uh, it's going to be tough. It's in the middle of the camp. Um, it's a short time, but um, give him an opportunity. Head coach Dave Tippett. I've watched some video of him. He can definitely score in the KHL. He's a, an older player that uh, has a dream to give it a try over here, so we'll give him a try and see how he is the first little bit here and see if we can find a player. The role he plays over there is a top six scorer. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge a little bit. We'll have uh, certainly have one of the assistant coaches work with him pretty close to try to get him up to speed. He's missed some stuff here, but um, you know we'll get. He's going to practice today. He'll practice tomorrow probably get him in that game Friday night and uh, get him in a couple of games and we'll just see where he's at. All right, so probably in a game Friday night, totally a will-see we'll player. It's a professional tryout contract, so we'll just see how long he lasts. There were some other teams interested, and his agent is uh, Edmonton-based Rich Winter. He's 28 years old. I talked to Ben Scrivens. Bren says in his mind, having played with him, practiced against him, that he has in his mind a prolific shot. He would put him, he says, not quite in the top 10 of shooters in the National Hockey League, but in his mind, not much further uh, behind that. He's, uh, he's one of the top shooters he's ever faced in the, in, in the game he says he's got he's gonna have challenges here to change and adjust his game to the smaller ice service he's never really played here much um, but it's an opportunity for him to receive passes some from pretty you know decent centers and they need there's holes here well, definitely holes with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we'll see where this young man fits in, wearing number 71 today at practice. One position for the Oilers that you'll see some rota- rotation in throughout the preseason is that other wing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and James Neal. Joachim Nygaard, the player coming over from Sweden, was there today. Dave Tippett tells you why. I want to give him a shot, uh, you know, in a top six role. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a guy that's looked pretty good in practice, so we'll... Uh... I'd like to see him what he does, see what he does with some good players out there. So, so uh, with top six players, so we'll maybe have. A, I'm not sure Nuge is going to play tomorrow night, but uh, I'd like to see him get more opportunity, maybe some power play opportunity, to see what he can do. All right, Nygaard, not a great game on Monday against the Winnipeg Jets, but he'll get some more looks in the preseason. And, and I got to wonder too, after Yurko's game, does he maybe get some better line mates as we move through the preseason as well? Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. It is six twelve inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio six thirty. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. You can reach out by texting six thirty six thirty. Our phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Baltimore leading the Blue Jays four one. That one is in the top of the third. Oilers games in this time slot the next two nights. Friday night's Eskimos game on Kiss and Country 103.9 as they will host Hamilton 6.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Game at 7.30. Tiger Cats linebacker Simone Lawrence will join us before the bottom of the hour here on Inside Sports. Who's going to play quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I would lean towards Logan Kilgore. Trevor Harris was a partial participant in practice today. Was throwing a bit. Kilgore ran 
ran the uh, 12 on 12 goals around the the skelly drills as they call them harris tells you how he felt today uh right, we'll uh kind of just see what uh brock and jay decide to do yeah okay you've done what you you think you can do to this point to convince them or? um i mean i've been doing everything i can to kind of try and get ready and you know i just trust the process and trust god's plan and we'll uh we'll see what happens what's uh how long have you been dealing with this roughly or has it just been a few weeks or yeah it's been a while uh it's i think the winnipeg game is yeah. when it happened and i've kind of just been gutting through it and the last game it just got to the point where i couldn't do it yeah, the Winnipeg game on August 23rd. Remember in that game, there was that strip sack where uh, Harris got the ball pulled away as he was going to throw, got taken down. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if something happened on that play. And, and then later on that game against the Bombers, a couple of underthrows that probably would have been touchdowns, some missed throws on, on Labor Day. And, and say what you want about the Eskimos offense, and we've talked about it and lamented it a lot this year, but Harris has been pretty accurate, and, and that's he hasn't been as accurate the last couple of games, and now you find out this about the injury, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, that is a factor. And well, What about being able to play through it? I've played through it a lot in my life, and I thought you know we could just keep plugging, and uh, it just got to the point where it just got to be the point where I was going to hurt the team being out there, and um, couldn't feel it coming off my hand, and so it was uh, just really frustrating. Um, it was uh, it was like de- like almost like debilitating, right? And so like just not being able to throw a football is something I've been able to do all my whole life. And you know, it's almost like one of your senses is like gone. Like I, I was like, I can't throw. I don't know what to do. And so it was just strange. More on Trevor Harris on 630Ched.com and, of course, more on the Oilers on our website as well. We will take a quick timeout and we'll bring in a former Eskimo, now a standout linebacker with the Tiger Cats, Simone Lawrence. Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Ched. Well, the Eskimos have lost three in a row down to six and six on the season. The first place team in the East is here on Friday night. Hamilton nine and three, three and three away from home, including a dramatic loss to the Calgary Stampeders on the weekend. Please welcome to Inside Sports Tiger Cats linebacker Simone Lawrence. Simone, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to have you on the show again. How was your week? You get to be, I mean, you used to be in Alberta when you lived here in Edmonton and played for the Eskimos. I guess you get to sample that life again for the last few days. How's it been staying in southern Alberta after the Calgary game? Uh, it's been good. You know, we just got the, I, I've been eating steak every night. I've been eating steak every single night. I haven't been doing much. It's football and steak. It's like I'm at a camp, it feels like, kind of. It's kind of cool. It's all football. It's kind of, it's pretty fun. <laughs> Eating a lot of steak. Is that what you miss most about living here? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I miss most about living? I miss, uh, oh, I miss that. I miss, uh, I miss this weather. I like this weather. It, it makes, it really tests your lungs out. We're over here in Calgary and this weather really tests your lungs out. And I like the way it makes me feel. So I train harder in it. <laughs> Okay, good stuff. Well, definitely fall is, is, is rolling in. So, so you mentioned it almost feels like being in, in camp again. Just, just kind of take me through the week. Is it, you know, you, you have the routine of usually practicing it at, at, at home, but what's it been like staying away from home for an extended time here and being in one place? Uh, I mean, uh, it's good. You know, the boys are always around. You know, we always get to see each other. We get to talk to each other all the time. Um you get to talk this with each other. It's just like it, it's just fun because everybody's right here. We're all in the same hotel. 
And it's just like, you know, we're just seeing each other all day. Like, I'm, hey, we doing that. I'm like, as I'm doing this interview, you know, the dogs are running around. And it's just good to see them all the time. Okay, well, you guys are sitting at a 9-3 and three record, first in the East Division, having a pretty good year. i got to ask you about the, the last game, though, in Calgary. A, a pretty exciting game comes down to, to right at the end with the blocked field goal. I, I mean, obviously a heartbreaking way to lose. But when you see Roberson make that play, uh, I mean, what are you thinking? He's having a great year intercepting the ball, but that time he came up with the block. Um, I mean, he made a big play for his team, and. That's what he's supposed to do. You know, he's one of those players that, you know, his team depends on him to make big plays. So it's exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, we didn't make enough plays to win that game. You know, it was a close game, but we had a lot of opportunities to win it, and we didn't, and they did. So as a story for you guys and for a lot of teams in this league, but specifically for your team, your starting quarterback goes down. Jeremiah Mazzoli was having a great year. Dane Evans mm-hmm. came in, a player I didn't know very much about until seeing him play, and you've just kept right on rolling. I know that's the other side of the ball, but you'd be practicing against Dane a lot. How come he's yeah. been able to come in? How come he's been able to come in and be so effective? I feel like, first of all, he has uh, he was behind a great quarterback in Jeremiah Masoli. And Jeremiah Masoli is one of those quarterbacks where he's so selfless and he just wants everybody to do well. Like He's not one of those guys that are worried about being put, making the team better. So I know that that's a big – he would tell you that that's a big reason too. But staying his uh, skill level and talent level, it's always been there, you know. We love competing against him in uh, practice. He used to run the scout team, and, you know, he would run the scout team like it's his. Like, you know, it's his team, and, you know, we get to compete, go back and forth, talk crap to each other. It's fun, man. I love his energy, and I think he's going to continue to do well. Okay. Simone Lawrence from the Hamilton Tiger Cats joining us on Inside Sports. They visit the Edmonton Eskimos on Friday night. Uh, Some former teammates... For you in this game, you're going to see uh, go up against Larry Dean and Don Unamba. Uh, obviously, Don had some injury issues earlier in the year, but he's been back. Tell us about about uh, about these two guys. We're getting to know them here in Edmonton. Uh, what would your scouting report be of those two gentlemen? They're ball players. I mean, Unamba he makes big plays. Um, he's a great coming off the edge. Um, and Dean, he's a great leader. He's a ball player. He's one of those guys that everybody went on their team just because of the way he is as a teammate. So, I mean, you guys got two great two great ball players. So that free agency day where you're sitting there thinking like, wait a minute, you can't just take all my fellow linebackers. <laughs> what was going through your mind when the Eskimos signed them? Hey, I'm a competitor. <laughs> I, I wanted them guys back very bad, but when I found out the news, it was just like, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the and the guy you'll be uh, trying to get on Friday. I mean, obviously Trevor Harris is is dealing with a bit of an injury. Logan Kilgore, who uh, you would have seen, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago, he didn't play last year. And the Eskimos' offense, you know, they've been putting up yards. They haven't got the points that they would like, but they've been putting up yards. So, what do you expect from from the green and gold here? Can you tell us some things you're going to be on the lookout for? I think they're just going to be a good team. I mean, uh, Coach Moss has a great offensive mind, and I, I love playing against. I always like playing against offenses like his, and I feel like he's going to have any quarterback ready to perform. Um, I, I played with uh, Kill Gore for a year. I know what kind of quarterback he is and the confidence he has. So it's going to well, whoever plays for them. It's going to be it's going to be a great game and a great challenge. 
And is there anything, and you used to be on the home team here, is there anything unique about Commonwealth Stadium or unique about playing in Commonwealth Stadium compared to some of the other venues in the league? I mean, Commonwealth, that's one of those, that's one of the stadiums that's up there is one of the best, you know, the Tiger Cats, we're the best stadium in the league, but, you know, Eskimos, I we love their fans, I love their fans, you know, they've always supported me throughout my career, and, you know, I love the stadium there, and it's just a great atmosphere to come and watch football. Simone, we always appreciate your time, always fun to watch you with the Tiger Cats, thank you so much for checking in tonight. All right, thanks, have a great one. All right, that's Simone Lawrence from the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Dane. I mean, a lot of backup quarterbacks have been stories in the CFL this season. Dane Evans, Cody Fajardo, will they become starters? Arbuckle filling in in Calgary. Tell you what, you want to go to the game? We have a four-pack of tickets to see the Eskimos take on Hamilton 7:30 on Friday, Brickfield, the Commonwealth Stadium. 780-496-0063. We will give it. To somebody who has never won anything from 6.30 Chet ever. Kellen has a log of all of you if you've won before. You have never won anything from 6.30 Chet ever before in your life. First person through fitting that requirement. Hey, it's also Ricky Ray night. He's going on the Wall of Honor. We'll hear from one of his former teammates in the next half hour. of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, so the new oiler in camp on a professional tryout contract is 28-year-old Anton Berdasoff. Ten seasons in the KHL. Big guy, 6'2", 225 pounds. The Oilers also assigned six players to Bakersfield today. They were Nolan Vesey, Bo Sterrett, Ostap Safin, Jake Kulovich, Luke Esposito, and Vincent DeHarnay. 47 players now in camp for the Edmonton Oilers. Chris Russell has not yet skated, continues to go through the percussion, uh, the concussion protocol. Mike Smith did skate uh, with goalie coach Dustin Schwartz before practice today. He had a pretty uh, bad bout of the flu last week, so he's yet to actually uh, take part in a practice. Zach Cassian nursing uh, a bit of a groin injury, but he might play one of the next two games. And if you missed it earlier, here's what GM Ken Holland said about Connor McDavid, his status. First off, the doctors are making the final decision. Uh, Secondly, um, we're going to err on the side of caution. Um, But obviously, if the doctors sign off and Connor wants to play um, then we'll, we'll, we'll play preseason. Is there a chance he could play next week? There's a chance. I think we will. It, we need to uh, run off another four, five, six days, and then uh, we'll see. So I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I think we're pretty optimistic for opening night. Um, does he play a preseason game? We'll know here. We'll get to Kelowna. We'll practice. And then we'll make the determination. I know he's going to see, talk to some doctors. We've got to do some things, get some pictures, and then ultimately it's the doctor's final say. Oilers will go to Kelowna after the game on Friday. Tomorrow they host Vancouver, host Calgary on Friday. Both games on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 face-off show. Puck will drop at 7. Kiss and Country 103.9 has the Eskimos game Friday night. David Morley will sign on at 6.30, kickoff at 7.30. We are sending Diane to that game. Congratulations on winning the tickets. You're not just going to see Edmonton play Hamilton. You will see Ricky Ray's name go on the Eskimos' wall of honour. Some of his former teams teammates who will join him during a special halftime ceremony include 
Shannon Garrett, Sean Fleming, Randy Chevrier, Patrick Cabongo, Rick Walters, Fred Stamps, Scott Robinson, Mookie Mitchell, Andrew Nowacki, Chris Morris, and this guy, former long snapper and linebacker with the Edmonton Eskimos, Roger Reinson. Roger, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. I'm doing well. Good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Exciting week. Right? Yeah. Great to have you on the show. And you're you're going to catch up with some some, uh, some former teammates. Uh, but what do you think it's going to be like to to, to see uh, to see Ricky again? To see his name go up on that wall? You know what? I'm I'm uh, very much looking to being uh, forward to being there Friday night. Uh, Rick is um, he's an outstanding guy, and I got a lot of good things to say about about him. Obviously, what he does on the field speaks for itself, but. Uh, more importantly, as a teammate, outstanding. And I'm re- really looking forward to uh, sharing that night with uh, a lot of the old teammates. It's going to be great. Ricky's got a great story that the whole no-name backup turns into a star. What do you remember about first getting to, to know him in 2002? And, you know, was was the team nervous when, when he was going to have to take over as the starter from, from Jason Moss? Because obviously, you know, fans and everybody didn't know. I, I, he did great his first game, but nobody knew that he'd do that well going in. That is an awesome question because I'm prepared to give you a solid answer. Um, watching Ricky Ray in practice, uh, there was no way that I thought this guy was going to make it in the CFL. He stood back there like, you know, Tom Brady running around like a giraffe. Uh, his throwing motion appeared so slow. And, and you know what, he, even when he was in his prime, he, he never had the quickest release. But honestly, I did not think that he had what it was going to take to, to be successful in the CFL. Usually, you know, you've got the athletic quarterbacks. That's beneficial. Um, but he, he, he just didn't appear to have the rocket arm. And uh, I knew he, you know, he smart guy. Um, not being an offensive player, I didn't know what kind of command he took in the huddle. Um, but you know what the lasting memory that I have of Ricky Ray is? Um, being, you know, being a special team career player, uh, I, I would watch him a lot. And I'd also practice against him. But throwing deep balls to, like, Jason Tucker, throwing deep balls to Ed Hervey all day long. And, um, you know, well, what do I know? Good thing I'm not a quarterback coach or a quarterback scout because uh, I, I wouldn't have called his number, but the guy sure uh, lit up the statistics year after year. He was known for being so calm and not showing a lot of emotion. Did that rub off on players like you who are on special teams and defense? Was that strictly an offensive thing, or did that kind of maybe seep through the whole locker room where it was just kind of like, ah, you know, Ricky's got it. Don't worry, Ricky's got it. Hey, you know what, guys? Guys like me that play special teams for 12 years, you pretty much, you don't, I don't think you really tune into anyone. You're kind of loose nuts as it is. But what I can tell you is... Um, Ricky had the confidence of his teammates. So no matter what the score, no matter how much time was left in a game, uh, when Rick was healthy, when Ricky Ray was playing, we had an opportunity to win. And that's an intangible that can't be coached. That has that respect has to be earned. And uh, it's just like, you know what, having Aaron Rodgers on your side. When Rick was going out, I expected us to score points. And if there was time left on the clock, I thought that he could pull off a win. And it wasn't just me. It was all of his teammates. And that's why we were such a force when he was playing. We had a good run. We played in... Uh, we lost a few cups. We won a few cups, uh, but for the most part, I know I remember my days uh, with Ricky Ray and with the Eskimos. 
uh, we were always a contender. And a great deal of it had to do uh, because of how he conducted himself and how we uh, residually just felt like such an offensive force with him on the field. I got to talk to him shortly after this uh, This was announced a couple of months ago that he was going to get his name up on the Wall of Honor. And he said mm-hmm. losing that great cup at Commonwealth in 2 oh. really fueled you guys for next year because it's. he said that, that one got away. He, he said we, sh- we should have won that game and it was, it was bugging everybody all the next year. Is that what you remember? Uh, you, you know what I remember. I, uh, I don't. I don't know if it was incentive for the following year, but I, but I do remember. It, it is. It is so. It's the odds are stacked against you when when your city hosts a Grey Cup to be able to win within your city. Like just just by by nature of of the circumstance. Like to actually, you know, on that year to have a great team, to the stars align. You make it to the Grey Cup and then to win. And, uh, yeah, I really feel like we blew it. So there was just such an overwhelming sense of disappointment. And, and you know, unfortunately, that's that's what I remember from that year. Um, and, it, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the, the next year, then winning in Saskatchewan, um, it, it makes the off season a little more bitter and you tend to probably train harder. Um but other than that, it, it, uh, yeah, it's just disappointing. You really want to win it for your fans when you can do it at home. Roger Reinson joining us on Inside Sports. He's going to be at the stadium on Friday as the Eskimos honor Ricky Ray, former long snapper with the team, four-time Grey Cup champion in his career, twice with the Edmonton Eskimos. Hey, uh, let people know what you're up to now. You're doing some important work. Yeah, right now I'm. Uh, so I, I live in Calgary. And uh, I've been with the Calgary Police Service for 12 years. I actually just got a position with the forensics unit. So uh, I'm going to be walking around with a pipe in my mouth and a magnifying glass. No, no I'm joking. <laughs> but I, 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 did, I, I did just get a position. I want a position within the forensics unit. So I'll be uh, evidence gathering at major uh, crime scenes and, you know, other things like uh, stolen vehicles and residential break-ins, things like that. But, yeah, life after football. Paul, you got to do something, man. Um, I enjoyed it while it lasted, but uh, uh, you know, foot, football is a young young man's sport, right? It's uh, it's violent, it's physical, and you can't do it forever. So, um, yeah, luck, luckily, I uh, got a chance to work with the Calgary Police Service here, and it, it very much a par- parallel uh, atmosphere, you know, within the locker room, uh, working with people for a common goal. Um, you just don't party as much when you have a victory, I guess, eh? <laughs> and you don't get you, you don't get rings for anything. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Were you were you prepared for life after football? What was the transition like? Because I I've, I've I ask a lot of former pros this, and some guys say, "No, I knew exactly what I wanted to do." And other men and women have said, "No, like it took it took me a while to get over. Oh, yeah. Like, wait, I don't go to practice every day and, and hit people anymore." Oh no! I like, like I get it. I, I've had teammates that um, see. Oftentimes, the things with professional sports, you don't dictate when it's over. You you can't. A lot of guys don't get the opportunity to walk away from it. It's it's more or less taken from you, uh, just because you know what uh, younger models of yourself come out, and uh, uh, it's just the way it works. So some guys, and sometimes that happens even when you're playing well. So that's disappointing. Uh, you know, there are limited uh, roster spots available in the CFL. So when that, when your, when your day is over, it's over. Um, luckily for me, you know, ha- having played 12 years, 
uh, let's let's say by about the year nine or ten, I, I really started uh, just because of the wear and tear in the body. But I was looking in the future. I was making phone calls. I was talking to people, and I've always I've always been someone that's kind of taken initiative upon myself. So uh, you know, it was seamless for me. I knew what I wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, here we go. This is career number two, and I'm having uh, – there are days where I have just as much fun as when I was playing football. Well, that's great to hear. It's awesome you're coming up for the game. You're going to be catching up with Rick Ray and a lot of your former teammates, so I know that's going to be special for you. Roger, thanks so much for checking in on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, continued luck with the show. Uh, let's hope Edmonton can turn it around. I watched the past couple games, and uh, I'm a little disappointed. But uh, Friday's going to be a good night. I hope the fans come out and, and uh, cheer loud for Ricky because uh, he gave everything he had to the city when he was here. Sounds great. That is Roger Reinson, former teammate of Ricky Ray. He's going to be one of the many alumni at the game on Friday to see Ray's name go on the wall of honor. Pretty good memories of having him as a teammate. It is 645 Oh, man, we got a lot more to get to, including King's Court and a hero from the U of A. All ahead. Hi, this is Ryan DeJohn Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Orioles leading the Blue Jays 7-1 in the bottom of the fourth. Text to 63630. This fan says Ricky Ray's rainbow deep balls were maybe the most accurate and effective passes I've ever seen. One of the all-time greats and an even better person. It'll be great to see him honored on Friday night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, Eskimos game Friday on Kissing Country 103.9. Oilers preseason game against the Flames right here on 630. Chad, that is going to be a fun night. And this is always fun. King's Court with Ryan King. Brought to you by Dynasty Builders. Designing the custom home of your dreams. Available now exclusively in Landrex Communities. on 6.30, Chad. I am your host, Ryan King, and this week we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a bi-week special. I know a bunch of my teammates were eager to get out of here and get home to their family and friends and spend a couple days away from football, which is always a key thing to do on these breaks. And a few of us decided to go on a little road trip up before McMurray on a community tour. And I'm going to bring each of those three teammates of mine onto the show to discuss a couple of their highlights and give you a better understanding of our time down in Fort McMurray. And we're here with Blair Smith. Blair, let's start with a couple highlights we had from uh, the Fort McMurray community tour. Well, you know, uh, obviously it's uh, fun, always fun to hop in, uh, hop in a vehicle and uh, get on the road with the boys. So, you know, that part of it's a, a blast. Uh, there and back, you know, we got Jonesy there with us, community coordinator. You know, uh, won a great cup with him. So it's, uh, you know, a bunch of boys uh, having a good time on the road. But um, really is always great. This is probably the, this is the second community tour I've done heading up to Fort Mac and probably my fourth or fifth time heading into the city there. And uh, the reception is always great. And uh it's great to see the fans uh, being represented, not just Eskimo fans, but, you know, you see some Sask fans. Got a, ran into a couple even uh, Hamilton fans out there. So it's always great to see the, 
uh, the CFL reaching uh, even further north. Uh, and we did a bunch of events down there. We were super busy in the three days we were there. Uh, talk about, uh, again, just a couple highlights from uh, some of the events we did down in Fort McMurray. Mondo and I uh, got some uh, kids into the weight room there at uh, one of the high schools, and uh, that was a blast, you know, put them through it, see some of the, see them uh, struggle a little bit with the the weight over their chest and uh, on the pull-up bar there. That was definitely a, a highlight for myself there. And uh, always uh, always nice going to the hospital, you know, seeing people um, in such, in the circumstances they're in, able to have a smile on their faces and, uh, you know, keep pushing through and uh, just happy to see us. And we're here with Calvin McCarty, another member of our Fort McMurray community tour. Calvin, uh, why don't you just start with a couple highlights you had from the trip uh, down to Fort McMurray. Uh, it was uh, an awesome trip to be able to get out to Fort Mac and see our fans up there during the bye week. Stop by the hospital, hit a couple schools. We also did a, some uh, health and nutrition talks to some high school students. Um, all in all, I'd say the, the trip was fun and it's good to get out there and see our extended Eskimo fans. We've been down there a bunch of times uh, in the last couple years. Uh, you as well got to play down there. Um, how well are we received in Fort McMurray and not only the Eskimos, but just uh, the CFL in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a chance to play a couple games up there a few years ago. Uh, there seems to be a lot of diehard Eskimo fans up there. They, they're they obviously sticking with us through these last couple games, but they're... Uh Last time we had we had that game up there, we had some of that Fort McMurray luck and maybe rubbed off and, you know, gave us a little extra juice for the Grey Cup. So for us to get up there and be reminded of that from the fans and the people, it's, it's awesome. And I don't think it can really, you can't really put a finger on it, what it means to, to get out and see even the younger generation of football players that, are, that aren't around Edmonton that don't get the chance to see us. But uh, for us to get up there and see them and throw the balls around with them, I, it's priceless. And, you know, any chance we get, I, I think it's, it's, it's part of being an Eskimo. That's definitely what we should be doing. And I'm here with Mondo Sewell, who is here on the Fort McMurray trip. Mondo, let's start with a couple highlights you had from the trip. I mean, it's bi week, you know, we volunteer our time to go out there and in the community of Fort Mac. It was a really warm and welcoming feeling from the whole community, especially. You know, we did a couple we did a couple visits to the hospitals, a couple of high school visits, but the one that mostly stood out to me was the high school visits. You know, the, the kids were really engaged. They took a lot from us. I mean, I had the opportunity to go into the weight room, show the big boys, old linemen, D linemen boys how to lift properly, you know, and I, I left a good message with them, you know. Um, the stronger you are, the easier your job is. And they, they thought it was funny at first, but, you know, I showed them a couple of new little tricks, and, you know, they, they took to it. I'm just excited to see them play. That's awesome. And uh, on the last day, we got to go down to the uh, the plant and see all the, the workers down there. Uh, how cool is that just to see some of the equipment and to go meet uh, some of the hardworking people in Fort Mac? Uh, it's definitely a hardworking community. It's a, it's a, it's a hard-hat community, blue-collar town, you know. The people come out, they, they see us, they uh, watch us on TV all the time. You know, we got a chance to, you know, engage with them, talk to them about personal things. You know, they talk, we talk to them about personal things about ourselves as well. But they're really nice. So Sun Crew definitely showed us a really good time. Uh, the CFL logo, I know I saw a bunch of, obviously, Eskimo colors down there. We saw some others as well, too. How do you uh, feel? Uh, Fort McMurray is such a big CFL fan. It, it completely caught me off guard. But you know what? It was more Eskimo fans than Ryder fans down there. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, we didn't see many Calgary colors down there either. So that's good. Uh, Mondo, appreciate you, uh, all the work you do in the community and coming down on the Fort McMurray trip. No problem. Appreciate it. And before I wrap this all up, I want to give a shout out to Andrew Jones, our community coordinator, Trent, our awesome video guy, and Paula from Sponsorship. 
They did a great job driving us down there, taking care of us, getting everything organized and jamming as much into the three days in Fort McMurray as we could. So appreciate you tuning in to the bye week special and make sure you stay tuned next week on 630 Chad for another episode of King's Court. With Ryan King, brought to you by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.